It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero. It's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whatever you're listening, whatever you're watching. Hope you're doing good today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. I'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Fight TV and the simple fact that you can download our app uh, for free uh, for uh, Fight TV. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com. And click on the, you know, the banner that says download the app for free. You know, you can also watch all the fights that Fight TV has available, uh, whether they're, uh, you know, pay-per-view or, or just exclusive fights on Fight TV, generally uh, fights that aren't available on U.S. television. Um, you can get it right uh, on the front page of BillyCBoxing.com. We have a, uh, uh, a very cool uh, embedded player there for you. So uh, don't forget. Uh, Billy C. Boxing is your one-stop shop. And finally, uh, today's show is being brought to us in part uh, by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book while you're watching or listening to the show uh, by visiting Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. If you want to get a signed copy, just visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the book, which you can't miss. It's... Uh, right on the front page of the website. Just make sure you uh, indicate how you want it signed, and uh, we'll hook you up. Um, today, uh, thanks to my man uh, Johnston, uh, and you could check out Johnston Brown's uh, column up on BillyCBoxing.com, uh, we have the third installment of uh, Anthony Joshua's uh, diary that's been being posted uh, in the newspapers over in England. Uh, I'm going to get to that. But, you know, I, I was thinking today uh, before we came on, and, you know, a lot of buildup. I've been uh, dissecting uh, the uh, resumes of, of Anthony Joshua. And, and, and uh, you know, like most uh, boxing fans, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of looking beyond the Anthony Joshua and Carlos uh, Takam fight, which is this weekend, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating the matchup between, you know, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, 
and uh, Deontay Wilder is fighting uh, ancient uh, Berman Stavern next weekend. Uh, so we have back-to-back uh, world uh, title, uh, world heavyweight title fights. And I, I just can't help but look at the two guys. And, and I have all their, uh, you know, records and, and everything right at my fingertips, actually. And, you know, for all the people that make the uh, uh, crazy claim that Deontay has a better resume than than Joshua, and, and some people are even discrediting Anthony's jo- Anthony Joshua's win over Vladimir Klitschko. I find it uh, extremely humorous. Um, I mean, it's right there in black and white, you know, who's fought the tougher opposition, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the most important things, in my opinion, is the impact that Anthony Joshua is making, not only on the heavyweight division, but the sport of professional boxing in its entirety. And I think it's a good thing. You know, I think Anthony Joshua is, is bringing a lot of notoriety back uh, to the sport. I've been telling you guys for a long time that uh, the U.K. boxing scene has been carrying boxing on its back. And it, it's very obvious today. Uh, but uh, but it's been going on like that for a long time. The best part of it, in my opinion, is Anthony Joshua displays so much class in and out of the ring and when you, and like I say, I, I can't help but, but constantly compare him to Deontay Wilder because Deontay Wilder is such a loudmouth, you know, pounding his chest uh, fraud. Uh, you know, Anthony Joshua, class. Uh, you, you think of Anthony Joshua, you think of class. You think of Deontay Wilder, not so much, man. Not so much. Uh, kind of classless. Joining me right now, guy with a lot of class himself, is uh, my man uh, Sal. Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Uh, what's your thoughts? Good morning, man? Bill. How are you, buddy? What's your thoughts? Anthony Joshua, class, uh, Deontay Wilder, not so much. And what's what do you think? Is Anthony Joshua making a, a, a big impact on boxing or what? You want tuna that tastes good or you want t- tuna with good taste? <laughs> Sorry, um, Charlie. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. don't want tunas that, <laughs> you know, that, that have time. good taste. Starkist wants tunas that taste good. Taste good. <laughs> As he's conducting an orchestra underwater. Yeah, underwater. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'll tell you, there's funny, funny things that we remember, isn't it? We're, that's why our childhood was so corrupt and teasing. Yeah, well, I, hey, don't, listen, I, don't, I don't remember uh, what I had for dinner. <laughs> it wasn't tuna. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Anthony Joshua has class. He's a good man, in and out of the ring. He carries himself as a champion. You would expect a champion to do so. He knows he's in the limelight. And like I said, if you're going to have uh, children or youth or, or people that to have anybody that they can look up to, I don't want to quite say idolize, but uh, uh, look up to and, 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 and see who leads by example, I think Anthony Joshua definitely takes that baton, and he's running with it properly. And I like him. You know, I saw a comment on the uh, public airways this morning. I shared with you earlier that Deontay Wilder made, and I, I'll tell you, Bill, I, I was very turned off by it, especially coming from Deontay Wilder, who's supposed to carry himself with a little bit of class himself and uh, conduct himself with his little statement. I, I really did not like. Well, the statement that you're referring to is he said, uh, "If Stavern beats him." 
uh, because Stavern was, you know, not making excuses, but, you know, he said the first time he fought uh, Wilder, he was sick, he was this, he was that, he had a, you know, uh, ingrown toenail, I don't know. And Deontay Wilder, basically, his comment that you're referring to said, well, if uh, Stavern beats me, I'm retiring from boxing. Um, I, you know, that's Deontay. Deontay, I, I didn't find that as, as offensive as you did. I, and the reason why is because Deontay... The one thing I like about Deontay is that he's got a lot of confidence, and there's no question about that. And I think what he meant by that, and, and I don't know this for sure, but I think that he, what he meant by that is, hey, he's he should be able to beat Stavern, and if he can't, then maybe you know he's not as good as he thinks. And, and that really is the irony of it, because his team knows he's not as good as he thinks. We all know he's not as good as he thinks, or at least we want him to prove it to us. And by beating Stavern is not going to really prove anything. You know, um, so far, everybody he's beaten hasn't proven anything. He hasn't had that career-defining fight like you mentioned the other day. And, um, you know, Anthony Joshua has. And I, I just, I, you know, I, I see him just grasping for straws, really. I Anthony Joshua uh, has made an impact on the sport of boxing in a positive way. And, you know, I talk to people all the time about the sport, every day, you know, and uh, I'm shocked at how many people have heard of him. You know, generally, you know, when, when even when Klitschko was a champ, I mean, uh, people would say, oh, yeah, who's the champ? That Russian guy. Uh, you know, they, they wouldn't know his name, but they just knew, like, where he was from. But people know Anthony Joshua, you know. Uh, it was... It was um, I think that's a good thing, and, and I like the uh, impact he's making on it. I, I think he's attracting people back to the sport. I mean, what do you think? I think you're right. I think, you know, he's got some charisma. He's got uh, the class, and he's got the power strength, and, uh, you know, he brings a good fight to the table, and uh, uh, that's what fight fans would like to see. And I think that uh, what he does bring is a little bit of that uh, level of class and uh, uh, excitement that people people desire. And 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 let's face it, it hasn't been all, all illustrious and that, that exciting to watch uh, as many heavyweights uh, uh, before uh, over the last couple of years. Um, so I think I think he's good for the game, Bill. I think he really is. And you know what, though, Bill, I I think as many people that do know him. I think when he fights in the United States and it's celebrated, I think it'll be even more so that he will capture more fans if he comes to the States. Because I think there are those out there that, you know, just for whatever reason, uh, don't pay attention as much to the European boxing circuit, even though, yes, they have uh, been carrying boxing on their back and they have uh, proved to be. You know, we had we had some people coming in from uh, England the other night to the restaurant. And we were talking, and you know, as soon as he, he uh, opened his mouth and started talking boxing, I said, hey, we, we talk about one of your class acts right now, and that was Anthony Joshua. And the guy was almost bowled over, like, wow, you know Anthony? I said, well, I don't know him personally, but we think he's a great fighter. We talk about him every day. Here's our card. Here's what you got to go listen to in the morning. You'll hear us talk about Anthony Joshua all the time. So he was excited about that. But I think more people in the United States will become aware of, of Anthony Joshua and who he is and who he's not um, versus who he's not. If he comes to the United States and fights, it's just a matter of, you know, marketing and doing so. Yeah, well, there's no question that Anthony uh, Joshua is making an impact on the sport and its fans. And th this is what we need. You know, 
I think somewhere along the line, we've taken a, 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 a bad turn. And, you know, especially with some of the uh, people that were in the headlines uh, for the sport of boxing, you know, uh, sometimes they're out of the ring. Uh, <clears throat> sure, uh, they're out of the ring news uh, overshadows their inside the ring news. And, you know, people look at that and say, oh, yeah, oh, that's why, that's right. That's why I don't want uh, to follow boxing. And, and, and listen, boxing is not the only sport. We see it with every other sport. I mean, some of these, some of no. these athletes of today are uh, a disgrace, you know, but uh, especially for the money they're making. But um, Anthony Joshua is definitely uh, a positive uh, influence, not only on the sport, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, on, on sports in general, you know, as a human being. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that if there's anybody uh, in uh, uh, the sport, a, a fan I'm talking about, that really doesn't recognize how much the U.K. is carrying this sport on its back, then they don't know boxing. You know, the, the United States, we have a tendency to think who the hell we are here in the United States. Um, you know, I, I, I remember taking a, a fighter, I'm not going to mention his name, but we, we went over to France and uh, uh, we were doing a world title fight. And, you know, here we are, uh, the, the team, uh, all from the United States, and we're in, we're in France. We're not even in a touristy part of France. We're in the beautiful mountains of France and uh, uh, we're in a restaurant. And we're trying to order something to eat, but nobody spoke English, you know. And uh, which, you know, we're in France, right? So, uh, you know, this guy says, you know, the fighter turns around and he, and he gets all pissed off and he yells at the top of his lungs, doesn't anybody around here speak English? You know, and I looked at him and I go, so-and-so, we're in France, man. I, I mean, you know, I, we can't expect him to speak English, you know? I mean, and, and it dawned on me at that point, that's why a lot of countries hate the United States because we think who we are. And the truth of the matter is, we ain't all that anymore, you know. Uh, we're really not, you know. We uh, we got a lot of uh, things that we need to correct in this country, and uh, boxing is is just an example of how you know, like some of these fighters say, "Oh, well, hey, they want to make some money. They got to come over here. They got to go fight in the U.S." You know, no, they don't. Not when they can sell out ninety thousand seats in in an arena and still get uh, pay per view buys and stuff like that. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, you know, I've been really enjoying this uh, diary that my man uh, uh, Johnston Brown has been uh, folding me on a daily basis, and uh, I, I got the newest one, man. You you, you ready to uh, read it and uh, comment on it? Absolutely. Let's hear it right now. All right. Here we go. All First right. and foremost, Johnston says, hey, Billy C., I'm not even reading these myself anymore. I'm just listening to you and Sal uh, read them. You guys are doing a great job. He says, uh, by the way, did you catch the interview with Larry Holmes on Anthony Joshua? Holmes seems to think the U.S. doesn't know him. Would you, think, would you say that that statement is correct? No. I think, hey, listen, no disrespect to Larry Holmes, uh, you know, Hall of Famer, uh, uh, one of the best uh, heavyweights of all time. Uh, uh, I think he's wrong. Uh, I think uh, boxing fans uh, certainly know who Anthony Joshua is. Uh, uh, what do you think, Sal? I mean, I, we were just talking about. I, I think he's. I think he's we known. were. I, I'll tell you, Bill, and, and that's what I'm trying to hint to. Hint to. I, I. I don't think that Anthony Joshua is as well known as he should be in the United States, and that's to the casual boxing fan. 
and even the ones that that that, that say they follow boxing, I don't think they're being proactive enough to really, uh, as Wild World of Sports used to present so well, the up close and personal uh, view of a fighter. And that's you know again we're we're being the Americans we are, um, and you know we're looking back at the seventies and eighties when we had a lot of, as I often refer to, a lot of domestic champions that uh, we, we did know. They were in our backyard. We talked about them. They were on TV. They were in the media. They were in the press. And necessarily for all the right reasons. They were, they were involved with, with boxing, fighting, not the antics and shenanigans that go on today as much. But, uh, you know, so we had our focus. We had our eyes. It was in the United States press, in the limelight. It was almost like a, a natural feed. And uh, so I think, you know, Josh was out of that loop that we were used to hearing in the 70s and 80s, as we did with most fighters. Um, so I do think that a presence or a fight or two in the United States will help project, project and uh, uh, encourage more fan base, a uh, much larger fan base in the United States that are just like on the fringe now. I think he can gain and bring some people back into the fight game that are just looking at it from the outside now. Uh, that's what I mean by I think he could do more and have more of an impact if he does fight in the United States. Well, the truth of the matter is, I, I mean, I, let's be real. The truth of the matter is, is simple. Over in Europe, and, and we're talking about England um, as well, but uh, you know, other, other countries in Europe too, they, the fighters seem to be more willing to fight the fights. You know, they don't let things marinate as, as Bob Arum invented that term, I think. I, I guess we got to give him the credit for it. You I know, think they, it was a chef that invented it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right about that. But, uh, but uh, you <laughs> know, I, I, you threw me off with that joke. Sometimes you do come out with funny ones, and that, that was one of the, the rare times. But... Uh, um, you know, medium rare. Yeah, medium. <laughs> not to be confused. No, not we'll to be confused. Up, well but uh, but the but the truth is is that the fighters are more willing to fight. The fans don't shun them if they get a loss. Uh, as a matter of fact, if they show uh, bottom, which uh, is a term uh, from Tom Molino days, uh, uh, which is uh, like heart. Um, you know, people uh, people respect them even more over there here. You know they're they're shunned. You know oh, they lost. Uh, they're exposed. You know, and uh, I you know I, I I respect the fighters more. I mean this this World Boxing Super Series is another great example. You know you have one U.S. fighter in the whole thing. You know Rob and he's fighting this weekend. Um, so uh, anyway, let let me let me read uh, this one uh, is uh, is a decent length. So let let me read it. This is Anthony Joshua's uh, diary that's being published uh, in the uh, uh, UK uh, newspapers. And uh, our uh, very own Johnson Brown has been sending it to me uh, to uh, share with you guys. Uh, Anthony Joshua says, um, I only had 39 fights as an amateur. And people sometimes forget that Saturday's fight is just my 20th as a pro. The story was I was supposed to be a 2016 Rio Olympian uh, hopeful and look to turn pro around now. So I'm still learning. Uh, as, uh, in theory, I should have been in the amateurs until 2017. Uh, again, you know, the, the thing I like about this kid, Sal, He's is, I mean, is, most fighters is, say, I've you know, had 100 I, amateur fights. No, no, uh, that? You no, can't document well, it, but hey. Well, there is, uh, there is a similarity between him and Deontay Wilder and their lack of 
uh, amateur experience. I mean, Deontay didn't have, uh, I, I think he had around the same amount of fights as well. Uh, him, uh, you know, pulling up a, a bronze and uh, uh, AJ uh, uh, getting the gold. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I love the fact that this guy admits that he's learning. And, and you know, it, it's a scary thought if you think of a guy like Anthony Joshua who's clearly on the rise and clearly getting better and better. I mean, how dominating can he be if we haven't even scratched the surface of his abilities? I mean, I, I, I believe that he, we have not seen the best Anthony Joshua. I do believe we've seen the best uh, that Deontay Wilder has to offer. I can't see Deontay Wilder improving, although the best fight I thought Deontay Wilder has had in terms of technique and displaying his uh, boxing ability was his first fight against Stavern, where he fought a smart uh, fight utilizing his height and reach, but he's never fought like that again. you know. And, and I think that he has gotten into the habit of headhunting so much that that's his only style. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, fights uh, Stavern again uh, uh, next weekend. But uh, considering that AJ is, is um, you know, uh, admitting that he's still learning, I mean, I, uh, the, the door seems wide open with this kid, don't you think? I think it does. I mean, I think he's got a long way to go. And you can tell there's a little rawness in, in his, uh, his uh, actions sometimes. But uh, like I tell you, he grew tremendously and he learned about himself and he's reflecting it in his diary with us and sharing it with that whole uh fight against Klitschko I think uh I think that uh you know it reflected a lot about what his inner thoughts were and uh you know the first time he had to pick himself up and uh, come back and and regroup himself on that one minute stool rest and uh uh, it's it's a lot when a fighter shares that, and these are all things that when you have uh, so many amateur fights that you've already experienced and you already put it into perspective, and you already have to uh, uh, prepare for it, so it does or does not happen again, whichever is good or bad. Uh, and these are the 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 opportunities we're going to see as he grows, and you know it, it's funny because. Not to contradict our earlier statements where we say, you know, once you're a champion, you you know, you, you shouldn't be developing. But on this level, and even with, I don't think we've seen the best Deontay Wilder yet. And I think there is going to be more that he can show us. So I'm giving him some some uh, credit, and I'm also giving him some uh, error of margin of error here to to develop and show us what he can do uh, when he's tested with the proper opponents. But I think Anthony Joshua is going to be more of a pleasant surprise for us to watch and see because he can grow and he can remain and he can stay there as the number one heavyweight for a very long period of time if he's careful, if he's brought along carefully and learns from his craft. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I just want to comment real quick because I got to take a break. But uh, we have uh, I'm, I'm communicating on our Facebook uh, simulcast that we're doing. And by the way, if you're watching us on Facebook uh, live, uh, don't forget the real uh, the quality version of, of the show is being uh, simulcast up on YouTube right now. But, um, you know, uh, my man Ernie said, you know, he's got two titles. You know, why is he talking about still learning? Why is he talking about amateurs? And, and he's right, because I've said this before, Sal. You know, once a, once a, uh, a, world, once a fighter becomes a world champion, you, you can't talk about, I'm still learning and stuff, uh, because you're already a champ. 
you know, whether you're still right. learning or not. I just take this. The reason why I'm being more positive about that statement is because of what appears to me uh, with uh, AJ is, is uh, you know, humble, being humble, you know. And uh, and I agree. And, I agree and, with yeah, you. Yeah, you know, that he's just uh, – but I do agree. Once you're a champion, you're the champion. Now you got to take on all comers. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, I got some more of uh, the diary that uh, uh, AJ is uh, posting in the uh, UK papers. Don't go anywhere. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, Sal and I are talking about um, the uh, open diary that my man uh, AJ is posting uh, over in the uh, UK in the newspapers. So I'm going to continue reading that and give you, sh- give you, give you guys uh, my thoughts. I want to... Just give a shout-out to everybody that's uh, watching and listening. Don't forget, uh, we have uh, uh, the chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com is generally the one that we uh, uh, respond to. But I'm just going to give a shout-out to my man Perry, who's been uh, saying some great stuff uh, with me back and forth uh, over on uh, the Facebook uh, live stream. And, and, and Ernie, too, who I see in there on a regular basis. Uh, and Ernie, Ernie just made a, an interesting point about um, Anthony Joshua getting dropped, you know. I mean, he has hit the canvas. Um, but I think that uh, I think that, that is not as negative as some people th- think, you know. Um, I think that sometimes, Sal, that, that that's maybe what A.J. is talking about, about learning. You know, he is trying to tighten up his defense. And, and what I do see with, with Anthony Joshua when he fights is he seems very technically sound, Something that I don't see with with uh, Deontay, um, and and I think that some of the problem with Deontay, and I said this on yesterday's show, it's not really Deontay's fault. I think when they were talking in his ear, telling him how great he was, trying to build up his confidence along the way, I think you know he's become, and I'm talking about Deontay now, he's become kind of complacent with just blowing people away with his power. I mean, he thinks he's got this. Uh, uh, you know, superhuman strength. And I think that that's where it's going to hurt him because like I'm saying uh, to these guys over in, in uh, on Facebook stream that, um, you know, Anthony, uh, I mean, uh, Deontay Wilder displayed good boxing skill uh, under Breland's uh, tutelage in the first Avern fight. He utilized his jab, his arm reach, um, and, uh, and won that fight and, and was smart, fought a smart fight, something that we don't see him f- do often. And AJ, on the other hand, seems to be fighting a little smarter. And it's going to be an interesting fight when they do get in the ring, and they will. I believe that that fight will happen, Sal. It will. 2018 is going to happen, I feel it. And, uh, you know, like I said, Bill, I I know it's a debatable issue, but I still really believe, especially under the tutelage of Mark Breland, I, I think we have not seen the best Deontay Wilder. 
I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, a mega man, and uh, all of a sudden uh, take the wrapping off the gift and he's going to be boxing and, and uh, mystifying the fans. Well, wow, where do we see this? I think he's got a little more room for improvement. I think he's going to show us that. Uh, you know, he's been able to depend on his power, his freakish power, punching, and that's an equalizer. And that's why you can't count him out uh, until you count him out against a fighter like Anthony Joshua. And uh, so I, I think it's going to be a great showdown. I think it's going to be a great fight. And uh, as many rounds as it lasts, I think both fighters will have some moments. True. I mean, uh, I believe so. You got to, you know, you got. Uh, I, I just believe that. I don't think it's going to be lay down for either fighter, but I do believe it's going to be a knockout. Oh no, that fight will not. That well, when that Anthony Joshua on. and Deontay Wilder finally get it on, uh, it will not uh, be a fight that goes to the scorecard. I would be shocked no. if it did. I would be shocked no. if it did. I don't but think uh, it will. anyway. The uh, let me let me uh, read a little more. He, uh, mm -hmm. AJ goes on to say it's been a fast track process, but I feel more comfortable in my skin. I've got the experience that I need, so I don't stress about anything because I've got uh, that to draw upon. I think he's still referring to the Klitschko fight like it was yesterday. You know, what I mean, I, you know, you and I talked off the air. You know, this is a guy that's got to put that Klitschko fight behind him. You know, otherwise, uh, you know, uh, Carlos Decom could. Uh, uh, upset the apple cart on Saturday, you know, and, and change everything, you know. But uh, then we'll be talking about, uh, yeah, the, uh, AJ was exposed. He's a bum, you know. But uh, anyway, he says, I love it all. The motivation is strong. The hunger's there. And uh, I want the big uh, nights and more. Uh, I want, let's see, he said, I love it all. The motivation is strong. And the hunger is there for big nights. Maybe he meant big fights and winning more titles. Uh, everyone is in the mix to face me. I have so many options. Sometimes I wonder if people really do want to fight me or they just say it. Uh, there's a difference between fighting me uh, because you think you can beat me and fighting me just for the paycheck or to get your name out there. He says, I'm, I'm, I think I'm capable of beating everyone out there, but I have to keep my feet on the ground at the same time. A lot of people talk about Tyson Fury and uh, myself getting it together in the ring and we speak uh, not talking like mates, just I want to knock you out, uh, that sort of thing. Trust me, we will get down and dirty as soon as we can. Everything you see on social media is the same behind the scenes. Fury uh, has not gotten a license at the moment, but uh, was saying he expects to have three big fights in 2018. He brings attention to the sport, so of course we want him to come back. Uh, he's not like uh, many other champions. For example, Mike Tyson, who was all action. Fury is a different breed, especially at six foot nine, and he's rangy. Uh, the style to be Fury is the Tyson style. You need a lot of energy, otherwise he'll play with you. Tall boxers are often described like trees, where you need to chop them down and gradually. But if you don't have the success with Fury, you could get disheartened because twelve rounds with him would be a long time. Uh, you need physical and mental strength against the Fury type of an opponent, and that's why I want to fight him. I'm always going to be positive about Fury and think that he's going to come back. That's the fight we all want. It's a brilliant fight. We've all been through tough times, and I generally hope that he can get through this and come back because the division will be better with him there. Uh, he says uh, what you want from Tyson Fury uh, is for him to bounce back from this, face the hearing, and deal with it. Uh, head on so you can move on because that's what we all want him back. But Carlos Takam is the next man to face me, and that's Saturday night. Then Deontay Wilder, 
uh, is possibly the next threat. However, I also want the rematch with Dillian White. I even brought up his name for, uh, for Cardiff, but to come is higher ranked. You need White's mentality in a proper fight. In short, uh, amateur bouts, you need skill. In 12-round heavyweight title fights, you need a bit of skill and a lot of heart and guts. If Dillian White fought Deontay Wilder, he'd give him problems. I could go on and on. I'm sorry, he says, I could go on to have 40 or 50 fights and win them all and have a great career, but in years to come, people will remember my fights uh, against White along with the one with Klitschko. That's why I wanted the Klitschko rematch, and that's why I want a White rematch, because we bring the best out of each other. Who knows what's next, though first things first to come. Um, Oh, wow. You know... uh, it makes me wonder uh, about this, you know, and I read it for the first time just now. So, uh, right. you know, my mind is uh, my mind is moving. Um, it makes me wonder, you know, uh, Tyson Fury still young. Uh, he seems, uh, you know, to have a big desire to fight Tyson Fury. I know domestically over in England, that would be a huge fight, huge moneymaker for both of them. And Tyson Fury, exactly how AJ describes it, is is not an easy fight because of his his lanky range type fight. I mean, he's not a. I've always said Tyson Fury doesn't blow you away with punching power, even though he's six foot nine. You would think that you know he lands a punch, you you know you're going to sleep, and that's not the case. Um, I also find it amusing that you know Deontay Wilder. It seems like Anthony Joshua isn't even looking at Deontay Wilder as a, a, a big threat to him. I mean, I agree with with AJ, but uh, you know, mentioning guys like Dillian White and uh, Tyson Fury, kind of, you know, he he seems to want to keep it domestic. What's what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do, and and you know, between you and I, and and, and the tree outside, I don't think we're going to see a a a, a Fury uh, come back the way that some people would like to see. I don't think he's ever going to resurrect his career to be on top again. I, I could be wrong. I mean, he's got a lot of youth on his side, but uh, I, I think he, he's too far past the point of no return. Uh, and if he can come back and does make a, a, a blinder, put the blinders on and makes a commitment and promise, and, you know, maybe we'll see uh, see a more mature, uh, able to handle situations and, and a little more uh, steadfast in his mentality or mindset. Uh, that he could put the focus on and come. Yeah, I, I missed. I missed that last sentence. All of a sudden, you just uh, cut out on me, brother. Sorry. No, I, I think you know as much as I like to see Tyson Fury get back in the ring and get back in world class shape and everything else. I think it's too far gone for him. I don't know if he can make that commitment. If he could put those blinders on and do that. And I think uh, you know what Anthony Josh was saying about Dillian uh, and all the other fighters there. I think you know, hey, he's got to make an impression. He's going to want to have fights that are memorable. You know. Like here we are 30, 40 years later, we could talk about the Hagler Hearns. We could talk about the Duran Leonard. We could talk about some big fights, uh, Ali, Holmes, and, you know, uh, Tyson. And, you know, it, it, it's neat. And for even uh, uh, AJ to want to be remembered like that 20, 30, 40 years after his career has ended, that's pretty, that says a lot. So, I, I, I like you said earlier, Bill, AJ is a class act. I think he's one of the bright lights of what we need in the sport of boxing, and I will not take anything away from him. And I definitely think he is the real deal. So, uh, with that being said, you know I think he's ready for all 
all oncomers. Yep, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, okay, we got uh, some more thoughts on that coming up here in a minute. But, uh, you know, we got that those two quick commercial breaks that I'm required to do. And guess what? We're at one now. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. And uh, I'm here with uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky uh, Senecola. And we just got done uh, reading the uh, latest installment of Anthony Joshua's uh, um, diary, he's calling it, uh, over in England. And um, he talked a lot about Tyson Fury uh, in the latest uh, uh, installment there, Sal. And... You know, uh, he talked about Dillian White. And he talked about, you know, two guys that are domestic to him. And, uh, you know, uh, briefly mentioned, uh, uh, you know, Deontay. Um, you know, of, of course, Team Wilder is going to uh, spin that like he's afraid of him. But I, I think some of the problem that's already beginning is that Deontay Wilder's team is, is presenting and acting like they're the guys that Deontay, I mean, that AJ has to go to. And I think it's the other way around. I personally think that AJ is the man in the heavyweight division and Deontay Wilder has to go to him. Um, The number of fights does not mean anything. I think that, you know, when you look at the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy, theoretically, Tyson Fury was the guy who beat Klitschko. Tyson Fury went off the deep end, lost his mind or whatever, Klitschko fought Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua beat Klitschko in an epic fight. He's the guy now, in my opinion, not not Deontay. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, it depends on which sanctioning body you favor. Uh, you know, that's the whole trouble with, you know, us living in one world and, and not having one champion. Uh, it's debatable. And... Uh, I, I do see your point, and uh, not to be the devil's advocate, but you know there's going to be points made on both sides of the aisle, and that's why a unification fight is going to bring out the best in each fighter. And uh, I think the better man will win, and will re uh, will will take on additional belts. Um, I, I think you know Anthony Joshua is young in his career. Uh, not just age-wise. I think, you know, what he's got to show and prove. And like we said with his last fight with Klitschko, you know, there were some things on one side of the aisle that could have said, that could say, hey, well, he was exposed. But there's other things that could say, hey, he regrouped, he covered, he learned. And, uh, and, and, and he's prepared for more uh, surprises in the future that he can adapt and overcome within the f- span of the so-called fight. So, you know, it, it's a level of maturity that a fighter possesses, that he can deal with certain things. The fight or flight syndrome, this and that, you know, it goes on and on and on. I think Anthony Joshua has all the tools necessary to can sustain and carry himself for a long period of time as a heavyweight champion of the world. As far as him having to go to Deontay Wilder, ah, 
I think it should be a meeting uh, of both camps wanting to prove that their fighter is the best fighter in the heavyweight division on this planet. And I think it should be a meeting of the minds, a meeting of the contracts, and a meeting of let's walk and meet in the middle. Um, uh, otherwise, you know, you're going to have both sides debating. Well, he's got to come to me, and he's got to come to me. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're both the, the two most dominant uh, respected heavyweights in the division right now, uh, and that's why there are the contenders coming to each of them. Well, these fighters should try and meet in the middle and unify and, and meet each other and, and come to each other. Did I hear a, a toaster oven ding in the background over there? Are you eating during the show, you bastard? Oh, boy. I can't, I can't do anything without being on social media. Yeah, I swear. Let me tell you well, you heard, I was going to say, if you heard that ding, that was a that was like a bell, you know. Yeah, yeah. I have it's fights going sounds on. Sounds like your no, TV. no, you know, you know. It but sounds like to me your bagel is ready, you bastard. That's what it sounds like <laughs> to me, you know. But it's uh, about bagel, you fat bastard. <laughs> it's your bagel. No, it was, saying, uh, it you was know, actually, you... you know, I I I I take vitamins in the morning, and if I take them on an empty stomach, like I like I did forty minutes ago, I get a little nausea. So what I do is I have ciabatta bread, and I cut a nice thin piece of ciabatta bread. It's a beautiful, airy bread. I love it. And I put a little bit of uh, the Smart Balance margarine on there because it's Smart Balance. And then uh, I do eat that, and I, that settles my stomach a little bit if I eat or take vitamins on an empty stomach. That's what you heard the thing did. Yeah, you know, you know. all I know is you, you know, during this show, you get to take breaks. You get to go and uh, use the, hey, use the bedroom. You get to man. I'm taking advantage. You, you fill up. I'm running you fill up, up my stairs. You fill I'm up. doing a sprint. Yeah. I'm going here. You fill up I'm your coffee. restaurant. Yeah, you fill up the coffee. You, you make yourself a bagel. Coffee. I'm sitting here I'm starving. Now, I, I took and ate the toast out of the toaster. That's why you heard the after effect. It was still toasting. I ate it. You know, it wasn't dark yet. Yeah. And, and the bell, you know, it was about a minute after, you know, I ate the toast. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway, we see uh, we see who's got. Did hear the thing? You yeah. heard the thing? I got to renew my con. I got I got to redo the con. I need time to go and eat my bagel too. You know, I, I need to. <laughs> Let's look at know. this contract. Let's negotiate. I'll yeah. meet you halfway. <laughs> uh, Anthony Joshua had uh, another uh, uh, quote that I just want to get out there. Um, he said, uh, "I think the UK has been sending a statement uh, f uh, for boxing for a long time. It wasn't so long ago." that the UK heavyweights, or all boxers for that matter, weren't even getting a look. Now, all the Americans are talking about the UK fighters. Uh, we've definitely been sending a statement over to the States now for a long time. He says, Joseph Parker and Deontay Wilder can watch me a million times, but it's so different when you get inside the ropes. When you get in there, you can watch somebody a million times, but it's different. It's a challenge when you see someone and face someone face to face um i agree with uh with that and i uh listen i i've been saying and, and for that matter canada was uh was real uh important with the sport of boxing too they they kind of fizzled out over the last year and a half but uh but i've been saying that the uk has been carrying the sport on their back for quite some time sal and uh uh it's very evident now i mean if you're a boxing fan now and you're not recognizing uh, you know the quality fighters that we have uh, coming from the UK. Then, then you're not a boxing fan. And and again, I think the reason why they're better, and and let's face it, they are. They're better. And the reason why they are 
is because they're fighting and challenging themselves on the way up. I've said this a million times. As a matter of fact, I wish I had a nickel for every time I said it. I'd be rich. I wouldn't even have to do the show. But the truth of the matter is, is if you increase your level of opposition with fights, if you're a young fighter and you're moving up. Now, I'm not talking about putting your, putting your fighter in with a, a, a murderer, a killer, you know, every single time. But every fight, as a young fighter is progressing, moving up the ladder, has to be a progressively harder fight. Because if they don't do that, they don't get better. I've used the analogy about other sports teams. If you're not going to play uh, better teams, you as a team are not going to get better. And it's the same as in, in the fight game. You know, these guys have to, you know, get better. And the only way you're going to get better is if your your opponent is better. You know, in, in the U.S., they have a tendency to, to feed a fighter cupcake after cupcake after cupcake until they become a diabetic. No, they, if they feed them cupcake <laughs> after cupcake, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, they give them a shot. I mean, a, a great example of that was Instant. this past weekend. Um, at the fight I was ringside for when uh, Machado upset uh, Jezreel Corrales. Uh, you know, but when you really dissect both, uh, and, and he had a, he made a, a, a great, um, you know, he took advantage of a great opportunity, but he was losing every round. He was outclassed. Just because he's a power puncher, he landed a shot. Now, you know, the pressure's on a guy like Machado to... to uh, you know, stay, get better, you know, and, and and quite honestly, when you look at Jezreel Corrales, who the hell did he fight and beat? You know, I, I mean, you know, the level of these guys are, are, are you know, the, we call them a champion, but who have they fought? You know, we've talked about this many times. The way to get better, it, it, and even with the diluted contenders that we have, because each sanctioning body has their own top 10, top 15 contenders, whatever sanctioning body you're married to, you should be fighting the guy above you. It's the, it's climbing the ladder. Where the hell did that term come from? You know, if you're ranked at number 15, you want to fight a guy uh, above you, number 10, number 12. You know, you beat him, right. then you move up, then then you fight, and you work your way up to number one. If you do that, like you're climbing a ladder, you're going to get better and better and better. Then when you get your world championship uh, shot, you know, not only do you do you fare better against the champion but you have a much better opportunity to hold on to the title longer. I mean, that's the problem today, and that's where the U.K. fighters are kicking the United States fighters' ass because they're willing to fight each other earlier on. They challenge themselves, and should they come up with the L, they come back better than they were before, and that is the name of the game, Sal. What do you think? I think you're right on. I mean, you know, that's the whole thing, and... And, you know, the yesteryear, I'm only talking reference back to my, my uh, era, you know, when Richie Giacchetti would work with Russell Peltz out of Philadelphia. And, and Russell Peltz was also a promoter for Tiger Eye Limited, uh, partnered up with Sylvester Stallone. And, and you know, I, I remember all the fights they were bringing me along in the Sands Casino or so, and they were getting pro progressively uh, stepped up here and there and everything else. And, you know, it was great learning uh, tool for me and you know even though I was already sparring world class uh, uh, fighters and Aaron Pryor this one and that and I learned a lot with the, with those guys as well but when you're in the actual fight scenario yeah you want to step up you want to climb that ladder you want to fight better and better and better of opposition and you should welcome that opportunity because it is bringing you along and honing in on your craft and testing yourself and that's the way to do it but I, I, I don't see all that happening as much today and you are correct you know, I, I got a, a, a 
you know, I just got to make a quick comment here. And, and like I always tell everybody, you want me to comment on your thoughts and stuff, you got to come over on uh, uh, the Billy C. Boxing chat room. But my man Ernie White um, just uh, made a comment uh, on, on Facebook that I agree with 100%. He says, what has boxing become when we're looking at who's on the A side and who's on the B side? That's uh, right. That's and, right. And, 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 you know, he's right. I mean, wow. You know, it's like it's like now. And, 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 and basically what he's saying is, you know, you know, boxing has become a point where if you're a fighter, you know, you're, you're negotiating. Well, I'm the A side. You know, look at Canelo. Yeah. And Triple G. Oh, well, I'm the A side. I get to come out first. I, I get to do this. I get to do that. You know, and, 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 you know, all they care about is being the A side. You know, the guy, you know, I, I was at the fights this, this past weekend up at Turning Stone and everybody in the red corner won except for the upset, except for Machado. You know, those guys were the A side. You know, that, that was the promoter side. You know, and, and the truth of the matter is if, if the fight fan, you see, Ernie, and I'm saying this to Ernie and everybody else. The problem is the fight fans had drank the Kool-Aid that was shoved down their throats over the last decade to be looking at the wrong things. They're looking at the O's. They're looking at the A-side. They're, they're looking at, you know, belts that don't mean anything. You know, I, I, this is what they, uh, you know, regard as, as, as a good fighter. And that's where the problem lies. You know, the a, 100% I agree. You know, if you have two fighters, the best scenario, Sal, and you and I have talked about this a million times, the best scenario is when you're talking about a fight coming up and you have conflicting opinion on who's going to win the fight. That tells us that the fight is evenly matched. When you are watching a fight that's coming up and it's being built, oh, this championship fight, oh, oh Keith Thurman is fighting this guy or that guy, you know. And everybody said, who are you picking, Thurman? Who are you picking, Thurman? Who are you picking, Thurman? Well, guess what? That means it's not a competitive fight. You know, that means it's a showcase fight. But yet, you know, and, and that's what, that's been my hang-up with, with Deontay Wilder. My, my problem with Deontay Wilder has nothing to do with him personally. It has to do with the level of opposition that he's fought and him pounding his chest saying he's the best after he knocks out a guy that he's supposed to knock out. You know, and, and by the way, he's supposed to knock him out sooner than he does. You know, so I, the truth of the matter is, is fighters need to get back to the business. The business is fighting. <laughs> you know, uh, somewhere along the line, you know, in, in our world today, boxing's too dangerous. So you don't, want to, you don't want to challenge yourself. It's safety first. You know, you don't want to tough, fight the tough fights, but you want to make the most money. You know, I, yeah, I get it, man. You want to have the, make the most return for the least amount of risk. I get it. I understand. That's the way it is in any business, any sport, anything. But boxing, you put an asterisk next to it. The history and, 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 you know, the respect that you have to give to the fighters that came before you, that, that's something that's a little different than any other sport. And um, I think that fighters today, if they choose, if you're an individual that chooses because nobody's forcing you into fighting, Except my guy Tom Molino, he was a, a slave that was forced into fighting. But you got to read my book to find out uh, that whole story. But you know, nobody's forcing you into fighting today. And if you choose to become a professional fighter, you got to understand you're going to get hit, you're going to risk your life, and you may not make a nickel. You know, so if you still are interested, sign up. If not, go go be something else, right, Sal? I mean, how how can you sugarcoat it? 
Well, that, and that's what we often say. When you elect to take on a, a profession of boxing and you have the skill set and you have the desire, you have the focus, you have the intellect, and I do mean that because you have to have the concentration to endure a 10-round bout uh, on a minimum if you're going to be somebody in boxing. I'm telling you, it, it, it's a lot of focus. For 40 minutes, you are in a fight, and you can't be daydreaming or doing anything else. So, you know, it, it takes a lot of physical and mental strength. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a work in progress for a lot of fighters. And, you know, you elect to do this, then you got to be ready. Um, you know, and I, I think it's, it's funny, as, as the, uh, the uh, letter suggested, you know, today we're, we're seeing A and B sides. How true is that? I think both fighters should enter the ring as a B and then come out one with an A. <laughs> That's that, that'll do it, be it, you know? Well, I, listen, you know, the, the more evenly matched fights we have, the better it is, and it will it'll win people back. And and let's keep in mind we both we both have said this many many times. You know, we're in a banner year right now. You know, uh, we are. It's a stellar year for yeah, boxing. There's no it question. Rebooted, bam. We've been we've been fortunate, Billy. We have had some great fights this year, and I I only hope that they can sustain and the level of fights that we've seen that 2018 will prove to be uh, the continuing uh, path. Well, I think. And I know I'm going to get criticized for what I'm about to I know say. You, uh, you, know what, you know what I'm going to say. But, you know, would Floyd Mayweather out of the picture? And let's hope he stays out. A lot of people think that what you've predicted is going to come true, that he and uh, Manny Pacquiao will fight again. Manny Pacquiao's contract is up with top rank uh, at the end of this year. Uh, and uh, there is a chance that they fight again because, let's face it, Mayweather – is going to have to pay the taxes that he owes from the McGregor fight, you know. So, uh, uh, but 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 listen, I think that he ruined the sport in a way, uh, and I think with the with him added a picture, and not cherry picking, and and you know, if you're an opponent that's going to fight Floyd, you you had to win the lottery to fight Floyd. Without him in the picture, we have seen better matchups in not only in his division. But in others as well. So I I hope we continue that trend. But uh, we got we got uh, what do I got here? Do I got an email? Yeah, I do. I have uh, I have uh, one, two. I have one 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 email. I'm going to read uh, here from uh, my man Jesse. But Foist, let's get everybody caught up uh, with some other sports real quick. Uh, World Series. Yes. What a, what a game last night. The uh, Astros Dang. evened up the series at a game apiece when they beat the Dodgers 7-6. to six. You know, the Dodgers had five hits and scored yeah. six runs. You know, obviously uh, there was a couple of walks issued. The Astros were hitting the sh- crap out of the ball yesterday. 14 hits. Uh, but credit to the Dodgers for uh, buckling down and keeping the game a little closer than it was. But at the end, the Astros won 7-6. to six. The series is tied. It goes to Houston next. Uh, Saturday, uh, you will see uh, Lance uh, McCuller uh, Jr. F- uh, take the mound for uh, the Astros and you Darvish uh, for the Dodgers. So uh, uh, looking forward to this. This is uh, shaping up to be uh, uh, a pretty exciting uh, World Series. In other sports, in the NBA, the Hornets beat the Nuggets 110 to 93. The Pistons over the Timberwolves 122 to 101. The Rockets squeaked past the 76ers 105-104. My Nets got a win over the Cavs, no doubt. One twelve to one oh seven. The Spurs beat the Heat, one seventeen one hundred. The Thunder 
not from down under. The Thunder from Oklahoma City <laughs> won uh, 114.96 over the Pacers. The Mavericks topped the Grizzlies, 103.94. And the Grizzlies were just looking for some picnic baskets, Sal. You know, I was going to say, But go uh, the it. Suns beat the uh, Jazz, 97.88. <laughs> the Warriors topped the Raptors, 117.112. And the Lakers and the Wizards went into overtime, and the Lakers won 102-99. to Two games in the NHL. The Blue Jackets beat the Sabres 5-1. to and the Blues beat the Flames. They beat those Flames five to two. And <laughs> you like that? I know. You, I know you always like that. Um, yeah, and tonight that, yeah. we got a Thursday night football. Uh, the Fish, the Dolphins, are taking on the Ravens. You know, being a lifelong Jets they, fan, uh, they did it with a they did it with a porpoise. A well, porpoise. Well, well, well uh, the being a lifelong Jet fan, you know, for years I hated the Dolphins. I hated them. You know, but as I'm getting older and softer, and because of the fact that I spend so much time in the South, I kind of like the Dolphins, you know? And uh, the teams I really despise are the Patriots, number one, and the Giants, number two. Um, the the Dolphins are, are, are going uh, to uh, Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And uh, the Ravens are favored in this game by uh, three and a half points. So you, if you like the Ravens, you're laying three and a half. Um, my official pick tonight, Sal, is I'm 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 going with the fish. Uh, not only do I like the Dolphins, but I think uh, Moore in as a quarterback. Um, just the team seemed to move the ball a little better. Uh, Ajayi is a, a great running back. I, I love this kid uh, from Boise State. I'm a, I'm a big Boise State fan, so uh, uh, I'm picking the Dolphins. Not only do I think the Dolphins are gonna, uh, you know, if I bet them plus three and a half. I, not only do I think the Dolphins are going to win me money, but I think they're going to win this game outright. Uh, I'm picking the Dolphins over the Ravens, and I'm looking forward to this game tonight. I I like the fish. I don't know. I feel like I, I know you do. You know, I like the fish too, and usually I, I'll catch some of the kingfish out here and some of the others. But uh, no, let me tell you something. Wait a minute. I heard you caught. I heard the most fish you catch are crabs. You know, let me tell you something. We get a lot of crabs down here, and they're the best. But let me tell you, no, not that kind of crabs. I uh, I know where you were going, and I wasn't going to go down that same path. I know, I know, because you uh, never know who's uh, listening, you know, right, Sal? We catch, you know, I, I catch uh, a barracuda. I catch cobia. I catch, I catch, I can't even catch a cold, but I could catch fish. Let me tell you something. Then how come uh, when I asked you to let's go fishing, you're like, ah, uh, what's that? You know what? You know, you did ask me that last time. But, it, you know, when we do fish off the pier, you know you're gonna get you're gonna get some of the pier fish and but you know they caught an 18 inch tiger shark I mean an 18 foot tiger shark world record off that pier on St Simons uh, years ago. Why can't and we go out on a is, boat? It is the natural. It is the world's largest breeding ground for hammerheads right where we are in the pier there. Hey, so listen. We hey, can hey, listen. catch a lot of shark. Listen, you hammerhead. <laughs> let me, let me tell you. Let me, let me tell you, it is, you bald point banana pen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, next time we go, eh, we don't need the pier. Let's 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 rent the boat. Let's, let's go out. On. We'll rent the boat. We'll go out on a boat. And, and I'll tell you what. Billy, that's a promise. We're going to go fishing, and uh, I'm going to take you out there. Even if we get a captain, we charter a, a boat to go out to the uh, – to go out to the uh, international waterways, you or whatever even, we could do there, yeah, yeah, or gol want, the Gulf Stream. Gulf Stream will catch anything. I want to see. Let me tell you something. I want to see you. On Kayla, that. Kayla, for my birthday a couple of years ago, uh, we brought the kids. We went out. We we hired a, a captain. This guy, this guy was unbelievable. 
We caught Barracuda. We caught Kobe. We caught Albacore. We caught everything. I couldn't believe it. We loaded the week. We were out 4.30 in the morning catching bait. We got, by 12.30 afternoon, we were all tired. We had the boat loaded. We couldn't fit any more fish. And, and then it took like two hours to clean them. Uh, but it was unbelievable, the things that we caught. It was unbelievable. We caught, uh, the, the, the fish were bigger than my kids at the time, like 55 inches tall, this and that, a 23-inch girth. I mean, it was real fishing, and I, I, I loved it. It was great. So I got to take you on a trip. When we go fishing, we're going to go fishing. I'll tell you what. It oh, like and I do like the dolphins, too. And, you know, we have uh, Mr. Heisinga that comes into the restaurant, or he comes uh, into the island uh, many times, and, and along with uh, some of the some of the. Uh, uh, quarterbacks and some of the players, they, uh, they've they been on the island. They come to St. Simon's quite a bit. So I, I am a Dolphins fan, too. You know, my heart's always in New York with the Yankees and Giants and now the Jets because I know Pat Ryan comes to the restaurant. Uh, but I will tell you this. Uh, when I uh, do like the Southern uh, teams, uh, aside from Atlanta, baseball and football, I do love the Miami Dolphins. You're such an ass kisser. You really are. You, 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 you know, you, 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 you are. And and yes. all that, all that fish talk is nothing more than a I'll, tall I'll fish story. I'm very diplomatic in my later years. I tell you what, you're, you're telling some fish stories. I mean, I, it's a good thing I'm sitting on a high chair because uh, it's getting kind of deep in here. But uh, pick up your feet. Pick up your <laughs> yeah, feet. Yeah, no, they up. They're, they're up. <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah, no, I'm going to take you up on that. You better start uh, booking that because uh, if you can get that uh, set, I'll be down uh, next week. So, uh, But anyway, hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, uh, I got an email to read. I got some news to catch up on. All that stuff is coming up in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that that's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? back you're watching and listening to the billy c show glad you could be with us and uh you know i'm starting to really get sick of uh watching you eating and drinking on the camera man you know you didn't I, hear me chewing that well, I, I had you crunchy, muted i had you muted but trust me i saw it all but uh uh anyway i got an email to read so you're lucky you know one of these days same thing with alex yesterday you know one of these days i'm gonna have the camera on you guys when you think you know you're all safe you know you and dax talking and laughing and high-fiving each other you know you think it's all big fun and games it's all big fun and games right poor billy c is on on the limelight right well you guys are all having fun eating and drinking and everything and i can't even get up to take a leak you know but uh anyway uh i tell you you should put a little barrel around your dog's neck like the little siberian or i mean the the little uh saint bernard's doing alaska yeah my 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 man my man name it is uh name it. Uh, yeah that's that's, that's his, his dog's name yeah, that's, name it that's his name he's or, not or are you it. still tr- or, or, or are you still trying to think of a name name no it. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's out <laughs> you know that's right you're gonna be dead to me soon I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be muting you forever but uh but uh, he's not feeling good today he's not feeling does, good. does he, he wear stocking no no but he does he, but he did sign a pretty big contract i tell you that i but, bet uh, he did did anyway. he, he stay at a holiday and express last night <laughs> no that's, that's what i, I do that's how i that's how i know about dogs all of a sudden but um <laughs> anyway we got an email this is from jesse 
He says, uh, hey, Billy, see and Sal. Billy, can you ask Alex if he saw the Edwin Valero movie El Inca? Uh, I heard, though, uh, that that movie has been removed uh, from being released because the family doesn't want it uh, shown. I don't believe the computer... Uh, I'm sorry. He says, I don't believe the Compu computer game. It's almost like you say, the magic computer box he's got. Um, that had Edwin Valerio beaten Mikey Garcia 68 times. I actually believe Mickey uh, Mikey Garcia wins 90% of the fights. Yes, Edwin hit hard and fast with good counter combinations, but his defense was suspect with no head movement and his chin uh, sticking out. Um Yes, I will uh, ask Alex for you. And as far as um, Mikey Garcia, I said that yesterday. I, I mean, Edwin Valero was uh, was was an extremely uh, vicious fighter, uh, reminiscent of uh, an early Mike Tyson in his approach. You know, get get his opponent out of there and, and get him out as quickly as possible, and the style that he threw his punches and uh, bad intentions every punch. You know, he just wanted to end it uh, quickly. Uh, and his defense was suspect because, you know, this is what happens when fighters don't get challenged uh, and they're blowing their opponents away. They, they start to forget defense. This, this is also one of my issues about uh, Deontay Wilder. Um, but uh, I, I do agree with Jesse. Uh, I think Mikey Garcia is a special fighter. And uh, I think Mikey Garcia is more well-rounded and I think that should he have fought uh, Edwin Valero, both in their prime, uh, Mikey Garcia, because of his uh, um, multiple skill set, uh, might have made that fight uh, a little more difficult than uh, the title bout uh, championship computer game uh, suggests. Uh, he said, uh, also, I heard in an interview that Kid Galahad wants a featherweight tournament uh, in that division, such as uh, Abner, uh, Mares, Frampton, Diaz, Warrington, Selby, Leo Santa Cruz, and uh, Kid Galahad. Basically, uh, all the top tens. He calls Leo and Abner not real champion, not real featherweights, but bantamweights. Uh, your thoughts on that? Who wins in that tournament? Um, you know, like we were talking about yesterday with uh, Larry, the tournament. I love the tournament scene. I love it. You know, um, it, it, what I the thing I love the most is that. You know, you don't know who you're going to fight. Everybody in the tournament is a potential opponent for you. And then it starts to come into shape and, and into focus, you know, as the tournament goes on. There's a lot of risk in those tournaments. And I applaud the fighters who have the balls to do it. And I, I think that this is what hurts my feelings a little bit, Sal, with the uh, with the lack of Americans in the World Boxing Super Series, I think it just indicates how, you know, the majority of the American fighters uh, don't want to fight. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. They don't want to risk anything. And, you know, I guess you, you can't blame them. You have to blame the networks for putting the value in an O so much that a fighter would walk away from a potentially exciting fight that could that could make them more money down the road uh, in favor of uh, a showcase fight uh, and keep their O intact. It's just a different mentality. It really is. Well, it is. And like I said, I think if you look back over the last 30, 40 years, and, and I'm going to tell you, there were a lot of mindsets of promoters or managers, if you will, 
that wanted to bring their fighters up following, you know, like I said, the 76 Olympic team was a stellar team, was was a fascinating team. And we all wanted to see all our domestic gold medalists have a title shot. And so they were all on a fast track to get a title shot. Well, there were a lot of fighters in the 80s that their managers tried to emulate that fast track, but just by feeding them fodder and just by letting them build up their records fast. And then all of a sudden they were thrown in with a, with a real championship fight or so, and, and a lot of them came up short. Uh, so this is the cycle. I think a lot of promoters or managers, if you will, are trying to feed their fighters a little bit similar. Keep the O intact, and it'll get you a faster title shot. And uh, so I don't think they're feeding their fighters the natural progression as we would hope to see these fighters improving and steadily uh, gaining their skill and experience with fighting better and better and better opposition along their way. So uh, that's the contrast, and that's that's uh, that's history repeating itself. That's all. Yeah. No. Uh, good point. Good point. I got a good point. You see, when I use it on a pen. Yeah. <clears throat> and. Was that a funny one? Eh, that was bad. Go funny? Eh, Sorry, it wasn't. Eh. Um, he says, uh, will you ro- watch the Rob Brandt uh, and Jürgen Brommer fight? I think Brandt might be uh, too green for Jürgen. Uh, he's going from uh, uh, Alexis uh, Hurrios uh, to a tough veteran. This might be a repeat of the Eddie Ramirez versus DeMarco and Lubin versus Charlo fights. I would give Brandt more time to develop given his resume. Brandt's resume doesn't impress me. I give him credit in taking the risk and going for such a uh, going for it at such a young age. I see some video on Brandt, and he looks too slow and not experienced in his boxing skill. Um, you know, here, here's the thing: Jurgen Brommer's 197 years old, uh, and his last several fights weren't too impressive either. Um, Rob Brandt, I know he's a big underdog, but I think he's going to win this fight. And the reason why I think this, he's going to win this fight, and I'm not disagreeing with you, Jesse, in terms of his uh, resume and his experience level, but the thing you got to remember about Rob Brandt is that Rob Brandt has been in the gym and has sparred with a lot of good fighters. Uh, you know, so hopefully the, the thing I'm worried about with Rob Brandt isn't so much his ability uh, physically. It's more of his ability mentally because he's been a sparring partner to so many fighters, does he have the sparring partner mentality? If once you become a sparring partner and, and you have what they call a sparring partner mentality, you're in there, you're, you're, you're just trying to work with the other guy. And, you, you know, you're not really trying to beat his ass. You're trying to help him. And uh, uh, these longtime sparring partners, or these guys that make a ton of money as a sparring partner, when they get their fights... They're going through the motions like they do all the time in the gym as a sparring partner. What's your thoughts on that, Sal? That's very interesting, and I'll tell you what. Uh, I may get some people uh, uh, criticizing this, what I'm about to say, but it, there is some, maybe some little truth to that. I mean, you know, first of all, when you spar, yeah, you're trying to, to, to do the best you can, but yeah, guess what? You know, when I sparred, if, whenever I sparred uh, Roberto Duran or I sparred uh, Aaron Pryor, I felt I did more than hold my own, and and it was great, and uh, I loved it, and I learned a lot too, and you know, but no way, shape in heaven or the other place, hell, 
did I ever enter the ring feeling like I was this bar partner. I felt confident that, man, I've been in the ring with these world-class guys, and I'm, I'm holding my own. I feel good, and I'm confident. And no, I, I disagree with that. And look, there have been some great sparring partners in the past. Larry Holmes was Muhammad Ali's sparring partner for a while. Um, so I think it really is depending on the mindset and the mentality of that sparring partner whether they're going to blossom into a world-class professional themselves. And it's like I tell my kids, what separates a lot of the world-class from just the, the, the average or the contendership is right here, the mind. You unlock your mind. You feel you belong. You're going to belong. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. If you suppress it and just say, hey, I'm going to be a sparring partner the rest of my life, you get $600 a week, whatever it might be, you know, you're going you're gonna, to uh, go along that path and maybe you'll have a defeatist attitude when you get in a ring. I don't know. It's never happened to me, and I know there's some great sparring partners that started out in their career that evolved to become world champions. So it, it's all predicated on the individual. True, true. That's true. Of course, it's true. Uh, he says, uh, <laughs> "Of course, it is." Surely, Jesse says, "Hey, hey Billy, point, I picked though. the Dodgers over the Astros in six games. Uh, I don't like either team, but I'm rooting for a California team. I don't like the Dodgers because they beat my A's in the 1988 World Series. I don't like the Astros because they're in the same league as the A's. Uh, why is it that National League teams in the World Series play so tough when the AL teams carry the big hitters?" The A's lost to the Dodgers in 88, even though the A's had the big boppers. Uh, even uh, the Giants beat powerful offensive teams like the Tigers and the Rangers. Um, I don't know. You have a thought on that, Sal? No, I really don't. I'm just locked in that my Yankees lost to the Houston Astros. And I'll tell you what. Houston Houston has that to this year. You know, I uh, – I was thinking that maybe L.A. is going to be dominant, but I'll tell you the way Houston played yesterday, uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat for the World Series. I, I wouldn't give them uh, a doubt that they can win this thing, but we'll see. No, they can hit. Um, they can hit. You know, I think the National League, I, I think some of the tough thing, uh, and, and specifically the hitting part, you see, when you're playing the National League team in their stadium, National you're playing by League, National yeah. League rules, which – you're taking one of your best hitters out of the lineup uh, yeah. because there's no DH. I think that That's edge right. goes to the to the National League team. The other thing is I think the National League team generally has better pitching than the uh, AL, which would also indicate uh, why uh, there's better hitters, it seems, in the uh, in the AL. And, and National League uh, teams have a tendency to play more what they call small ball. You know, they'll uh, – They'll 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 sacrifice a a pitching a pitcher or a, a hitter uh, to move a base runner into scoring position uh, more than the AL does. But uh, hey, listen, last night's game was won by the hitters. I mean, you know, so I mean, there's nothing there's nothing better than having a team full of hitters, Sal. No, it's not. And you know what's really remarkable, Bill? You know, we could debate the American League and the National League with a designated hitter or, or a pitcher hitting and batting in the lineup. And it's amazing to see how the managers can utilize the strategy to maximize each side's rule. And uh, it really has strategic value behind it on both sides of the aisle. So that's what makes baseball interesting. It's not just that, but I mean, you know, because it can literally turn on a dime and a ball 
you know, those long balls and short balls. And, and man, I'll tell you, it's, it's a, it's a, I love baseball. It's a great game. Don't forget the blue balls. Oh, no, that's the blue balls. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're a funny that's, guy. That's something yeah, else. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I, the, uh, the fight. You're a funny guy. Th- there's a fight on November 25th, in case y'all forgot. In case y'all forgot that song, uh, that was a, a top ten hit by uh, Roy Jones Jr. But um, in case y'all forgot, uh, Saturday, oh, November twenty fifth at Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York City, um, the return of uh, Sergey Kovalev. Um, does anybody Ooh. really give a rat's ass about Kovalev? I, I mean, here's a guy yeah. that oh, has fallen from about. grace, Sal. You know, and and you know the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that. You know, everything we talk about and complain about could be argued for Kovalev's, uh, you know, for him, for his, for his point. Because, you know, I, I can't stand when the young younger, and I always blame it on the young fans, but the younger fans are like, oh, well, he was exposed. He lost. You know, he's, he was, see, he was overrated. He never fought anybody, blah, 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 blah. And you could say that about Kovalev. Everybody's saying, oh, Kovalev, uh, you know, dominated the division. Who did he fight? He finally steps in with a, a real fighter in Andre Ward. He can't beat him. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you got to give credit to Andre Ward for beating him, but, but, but I think the reason you, uh, um, lost interest in Kovalev is the same reason I think the majority of the other people did too. And that is that he quit, you know, and, 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 he, and, he and the, hit with a body shot and he couldn't get up. No, but the and, you point know, he is try to get up. He it, looked for a way out. Well, you know, he, they should, he should have got one of those you know, those buttons, you know, then you press for, for medical help. I've fallen. I can't get up. Somebody help me get up. But, uh, but, but uh, anyway, I, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, he quit. And, you know, he was, he was I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He, 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 he kind of took on that, that, that persona as a bully. And then, you know, you stand up to the bully and what happens? The bully runs like, like a bitch. And I, I think this fight, between Kovalev and Shabransky, no one cares about it. And, and you know, it, it's it's kind of a joke. You know, it's going to be on HBO. And, and they just announced a co-feature the other day, uh, Sullivan Barrera uh, going up against uh, Felix Valera. And Valera happens to be an interim champion from the WBA. Surprise, surprise. And Sullivan Barrera is a, a, a guy that, uh, you know, uh, is being touted uh, by main events. We all know main events is the promoter for Kovalev. Uh, so you see Kovalev fighting the winner of that fight, but who cares? You know, I, I mean, I, you know, I have no interest in it. <clears throat> as you said, Bill. You know what? I thought that I, I think that fight was was coming up on a year ago, November twentieth. It might have been last year. I'm not sure, but I, I know we watched that fight. And we had a post-fight show, and I thought Kovalev did beat Andre Ward that first fight, and I thought he was robbed. It was a close fight. Uh, I, I gave him that eight, ten-eight uh, round when he knocked down uh, uh, Andre Ward, and I thought Andre Ward, because Kovalev took his foot off the pedal, came back strong in the later rounds. Uh, but I still think I had had the majority of the rounds going to Kovalev. Now there's others that will agree, others that will disagree. But he had every chance in the world, every opportunity in the world to back up uh, what he supposedly did the first fight and what he was saying he was going to do the second fight. 
and I did not see that fighter. But giving Andre Ward credit, I think Andre Ward prepared more for a Kovalev fight than Kovalev prepared for a Ward fight. And that's the difference there. And uh, Andre Ward was the better man that night. And we saw uh, Kovalev quit. I saw Kovalev quit. And uh, I right there, I, I don't have no respect for him anymore. I don't care if I ever watch him fight again. You know, He's the, done. The, the, the thing is this, it, and it's easy for me to say, but, you know, there's a simple formula when you're in the ring with uh, a boxer. Uh, a guy that that has a boxing ability that can move and and you know hit you effectively on the move, and basically you want to smother that guy. You want to go after him. You want to be aggressive. Yeah. You know you want to you want to let your hands go, and that was the way that Kovalev needed to fight Andre Ward, and he didn't. Now for whatever reason, why? And if you have to give Andre credit for for preventing him from doing that. <laughs> What's that? The ice cream man? What, what's that? What did no, you order? What was the toaster? What, what did you do? That was my phone. I what, have it set, set what, up to alarm. What, what did you do? Uh, did What did you order? Some toasted almonds to be delivered or what? Come on, man. That was you know? my ring bell. That was a round. Oh, that was the last round, man. Listen, can you can you at least focus on the show while you're on it? I mean, come on, man. Come on. I'm focusing. I got the blinders on. I don't know what the hell I was saying. I don't even know what I was saying. But I, you know, listen. No, you I got, do. You gotta be. You gotta be aggressive. You're talking yeah. about doing what you say and yeah, saying thinking, what you do. I'm thinking you're about. I'm thinking about going to get a sandwich. I, I, I'm thinking about walking away and letting you take over so I can go get something to eat. But uh, uh, you know, the the thing is, is uh, you got to be aggressive. You know, with those kinds of fighters, you got to have no respect. And giving credit where credit's due, Andre Ward obviously did something to prevent the big bad bully to go after him with no respect because Kovalev didn't. And then he blames his trainer, John David Jackman. Well, he didn't teach me anything. Well, you're 100 years old. You know, you're not going to teach your old dog new trips. You're going you're gonna to fine-tune what he's got. Nah, I'm with you. Uh, Kovalev lost my respect. I think that that uh, HBO uh, broadcast is, is going to do very poorly numbers-wise. And to quite honestly, HBO, who is the the leader of cable uh, boxing, you know, boxing on on cable television, is sinking into the abyss, and it's a shame uh, because you know Showtime, although Showtime has a tendency to put some more entertaining fights on, you know, the catch twenty two there is you got to listen to Mario Ronaldo, the worst piece of garbage in the sport of boxing in terms of a commentator, you know, overshadows uh, arguably the one of the best in Al Bernstein, you know, so. Uh, you know, and then you got Lampley uh, and uh, uh, Max Kellerman, who I, I like Max. I mean, I don't have anything against Max, but Lampley, can't, he's lost the ability to call a fight. And uh, Andre Ward is, is technically sound, but I, there's just something yeah, about yeah. Andre I just don't like. You know I mean? He's just, he's pompous. He acts like who he is. And uh, although I will say this, I did witness um, Andre Ward. He was always nice to me. I mean, every time I talked to him, I talked to him the other night. Um, he's always nice to me. And, and I'll tell you something else. I was a little surprised at how much attention he got from the fans, considering he can't even sell out his own hometown. You know, uh, the fans did uh, come up to him and wanted photos taken and stuff like that. But I'm with you. I could care less about Kovalev at this point. Never, you know, and this is it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a bet here, gentlemen's bet, gentlemen, Jim. Um, I don't think HBO is gonna do numbers at all. I really don't. Like you just said, uh, Kovalev. Uh, I, I think. Kovalev and Ward together made a good draw, made a good fight to want to see, uh, and and uh, without even having to promote it well, a good a good boxing fan or, or a solid boxing fan would want to see that kind of fight. 
But in the same sense, I, I don't think these numbers are going to be good at all. You can you can mark my words, and I want to know about it, but I think HBO is going to fall flat on their face with this Kovalev fight. I think the numbers are, are not going to do well, but you never no. know. Um, never know. Speaking about not doing well, Devon Alexander was uh, a pretty uh, pretty good fighter. I, I enjoyed watching him fight. I was had the luxury of seeing him ringside a couple of times, and he was uh, a top uh, fighter in the junior welterweight division, uh, then switched to uh, uh, welterweight, and um, you know was a world champion in both. Uh, but he's kind of been out of the scene for a while, and his brother has has, has come, you know, gotten out of jail, and he's uh, turning his career back on. Uh, but it was announced uh, earlier in the week that Devon Alexander is returning to the ring. He's going to be fighting on November 21st on a Tuesday night fight on uh, FS1. So it's going to be interesting to see how he looks. Uh, shaking off some uh, ring rust. He's taken on uh, a uh, journeyman fighter, so to speak, in Walter Castillo. So uh, we'll see how uh, uh, he uh, uh, fares on November 21st. Uh, speaking of uh, other fights, uh, Ishii Smith. You know, this, this is... You know, we talk about Al Heyman's fighters and his inability to keep them all busy and everything else. And with the announcement of these two fights I'm going to mention right now, I think this is really showing you uh, that the beginning of the end for Al Heyman and his uh, fighters, uh, former world champion Ishii Smith, who is arguably the most boring fighter to watch um, probably was one of the worst world champions, um, definitely in his weight class. But um, 29 and 8 with 12 knockouts is taking on J-Rock, Julian uh, Williams, J-Rock Williams, uh, on November 18th. Uh, both of these guys are, uh, uh, are uh, Al Heyman fighters. It's going to be a premier boxing uh, uh, event. And the co-feature, Lionel... Uh, Thompson, uh, 18 and 4. This kid was out of uh, Western New York, uh, was a highly decorated amateur, uh, but as a pro has, has done uh, nothing. He's taken on Earl Newman, who's 10 and 0 uh, in a light heavyweight fight. Uh, I just think it's it's showing us that you know what Al is doing at this point now is just trying to keep his guys somewhat busy. They're fighting each other now. Neither of these fights uh, have me. Uh, chomping at the bit to see him Sal what about you no I, I again you know it, it's it's funny I'm I'm uh I'm feeling the same way as you on this fight and and uh you know it's I I, I have you know little interest right now and uh I don't know what we could do to you know increase that but uh um and I think I think uh as far as the format uh like I said with the old Hal, Al Heyman and everything else there we we, we, we took a stance on different sides of the idol. I, I thought he was uh, doing a good formula. I thought it was going to be okay in and, and some sense, giving these fighters opportunities. But to, to think that these networks were going to pay him and sustain his success uh, without him depleting his funds, uh, I think was a little short-sighted. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that, but I, I knew that his formula was uh... – you fail. called it, Bill. Uh, you you know. called it. I thought they were great fights. I thought they were showcasing some some good talent. I thought it was a great opportunity to to get boxing back in the boot because they were showing some good fights on a regular basis, and uh, I, I think it helped resurrect some of the interest that when when the fans saw these fights available to them, 
So uh, it, maybe it had that effect, you know. It, it brought more people back into boxing, which is a good effect. Uh, Jeff okay. Horn beat uh, Manny Pacquiao and took his uh, WBO welterweight title he with him. He did. Um, now uh, it seems like they're trying to get fights for Horn. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is, you know, we talk about Muhammad Ali with uh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and backing it up, and all these other fighters are coming out, and they're, you know, say uh, they, they make these shallow, stupid comments. Well, the promoters are doing the same thing. I mean, um, uh, Jeff Horn's promoter uh, has come out and said that uh, Jeff Horn, if he was given the chance uh, to uh, fight Keith Thurman, he would thrash him. He said, and if I quote, if at any stage Thurman wants to come uh, and try and unify the titles, he will get the same warm welcome and outcome that was served up to Manny Pacquiao. He said the Hornet is the world's best welterweight and is open to any and all challenges. Should Keith Thurman want to make the mistake of getting into the ring with him and he won't win, uh, he will get the thrashing he deserves. He should man up and get his promoters to call uh, rather than talk through, uh, talk tough from 9,000 miles away. Um you know, why doesn't he call the promoter? I mean, that's what promoters are supposed to do. I mean, I, I think it's just I think it's just a case of them trying to, to get uh, a, a big fight for Jeff Horn. Uh, Keith Thurman has bigger fish to fry than Jeff Horn, Sal. Yes, he does. And uh, I'll tell you what. I, 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 Jeff Horn, as I said, uh, you know, he's virtually unknown to a lot of fight fans or a lot of domestic fight fans here. Um I, I, I think he was somewhat talented. I don't think he's a real world beater in a sense. He had Manny Pacquiao's number that night, and I do think in a rematch he'll have Manny Pacquiao's number again. Just like I said, Manny Pacquiao could fight Floyd Mayweather, and if an, out of 100 fights, I thought maybe uh, that, man, that, that Floyd would win 90 of them. Well, now I think Floyd would win 100 of them. Um, I think Manny Manny has had his better days, and he's got to be careful because he's he, he he's not that big of a guy, and he he's getting beat by these bigger guys. And uh, Jeff Horn, I think will uh, will have a more uh, uh, d- deciding fight uh, in a, in a rematch if it occurs. We'll see. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, I got an update on that. Uh... Really, 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 really tough trivia question. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watch the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And, uh, you know, I, I've been doing these uh, trivia questions again. And we've been putting the... Uh, title bout championship computer game on the line for anybody that gets uh, the question right and you know some of them you know my man Henry Haskup who uh, gets us uh, a lot of these questions um, he's tough man he's tough and these are uh, definitely tough uh, uh, questions and um, I've been asking a question 
uh, for a while. Uh, I switched it back and forth, and 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 I appreciate everybody sending me uh, their their answers. But unfortunately, nobody was correct until um, my man, Coach. Now, Coach, uh, let me just tell you, you know, um, he always tries to answer the trivia questions from his memory. He doesn't, you know, and I'm not going to call it cheating because, um, you know, it's available to you to do a search and uh, try and uh, try and find the answer that way. But Coach prides himself on trying to get um, the answers correctly with without doing that. And he's been sending some really good uh, answers, and so has everyone else. We've we've gotten uh, a lot, a lot of answers. Um, but I'm going to give you the answer to the question, and the reason is because Coach's son emailed him the correct answer, and then he emailed me and said it doesn't count for me because my son gave it to me, which I thought was pretty pretty cool. And as a result of that, well, I'm not giving either one of them the prize, but uh, because I'm a bastard like that, you know me, Sal. I'm not giving anybody anything for nothing, you know, but. Uh, but but here here's the question. Which boxer was a longtime sparring partner for a heavyweight champ, knocked him down in sparring, and then had a victory over another one-time heavyweight champ? I gave uh, you guys a lot of hints. I said it was prior to 1970. Uh, I even gave you the sparring partner's name. Um, the fighter's name was Rocky Marciano yesterday. Uh, but the guy who we were looking for, the name we were looking for, was Toxie Hall. Toxie Hall was a sparring partner for a long time uh, for Rocky Marciano. And uh, not only did he knock Rocky down uh, when uh, he was uh, preparing Rocky Marciano for his fight with Don Cockle, uh, he also won a decision over former world heavyweight champion Ezra Charles. So uh, I wanted to thank Coach for being honest and congratulations to his son, even though I'm not giving him any prizes. Uh, so keep that in the back of your mind, Sal, Rocky Senecola, because I will ask that question one more time. What's your thoughts on the answer? I cannot believe it. That's uh, But that's out of left field. I think you threw me off, too, by saying that he was a well-known fighter or we would know him. I, I never heard of that fighter in my life. No, well, no, no, but that's the whole idea. I misinterpreted you know? the. I misinterpreted the uh, the question. I mean, I but uh, knocking down Rocky Marciano had that guy had to have some talent, some skill. Well, I got um, I got a uh, another question here, and um, this one uh, might be uh, more doable for you guys. Um, and keep in mind. You know, people come up and they start asking me all these trivia questions all the time. You know, yes, I'm a boxing historian, and I know a lot of uh, answers to a lot of questions. But some of these questions that uh, that Henry sends us, don't ask them to me because I'm not going to know either. You know, uh, I mean, some of them are just really hard. And this one, that was, this a, one, that was a solid question. That last one, but I mean, that was great. Yeah, I that mean, was that great was question. But this one here um, is doable. And uh, here's the question. And it's, unfortunately, you can't uh, answer this one because uh, it uh, <clears throat> has your guy in it. The question oh, is, who did Jack Dempsey say was the greatest fighter of his weight and height that he ever saw? Who did Jack Dempsey say was the greatest fighter of his height and weight that he ever saw? Now, if you're the first one to email me, the correct answer, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. 
you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. The same game that Alex uses uh, to put the uh, uh, Blast from the Past in with current champions. It's a simulation game, and it's really fun. Uh, so, uh, what, you're raising your hand? You, you, you're you going to take a shot at this one? I got a shot at this, man. I got a shot at this. What is okay, it? get it? When he looked in the mirror, he saw himself Jack Dempsey. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You're close, but uh, no. Um, so, listen, if anybody else knows the answer and you're the first one, email me, Billy at TalkinBoxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. And you have to email us because we use the timestamp. Because if I get two correct answers, the first one that came in wins the prize. The question one more time, who did Jack Dempsey say was the greatest fighter of his weight and height that he ever saw? Good luck to everybody on that. Um, on this day, Sal, October 26th, in 1931, Young Perez knocks out Frankie Gennaro in the second round to win the NBA World Flyway title that took place in France. On this day in 1942, Henry Armstrong wins a 10-round decision over Fritzy Zivic to improve to 122 wins, 15 losses, and 7 draws uh, in their fight at the uh, Civic Auditorium in San Francisco, California. Uh, Zivic drops to uh, 125 wins, 32 losses, and six draws, both obviously Hall of Famers. Uh, on this day in 1970, Muhammad Ali uh, retains, um, uh, I'm sorry, Muhammad Ali returns to the ring for the first time in three years after his legal issues get resolved to stop Jerry Quarry in the third round of a scheduled 15-round uh, fight due to a severe cut uh, Ali improves to 30-0 and 0, uh, in their fight that took place in Georgia, Sal. Uh, Quarry drops to uh, 37 wins, 5 losses, and 5 draws. On this day, 1951, Rocky Marciano stops Joe Lewis in the 8th round to improve to 38-0 in their fight that took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Lewis, well, he drops to 66-3, and three, and this was his last professional fight. And finally, on this day, October 26th in 1950, the best ever, Sugar Ray Robinson knocks out Bobo Olsen in the 12th round to retain his Pennsylvania World Middleweight title, and that took place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on this day in 1950. Hey, man, that concludes our show for today. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to be breaking down uh, the fights, I'm going to be uh, looking at uh, specifically the uh, Anthony Joshua, Carlos Decom fight, as well as the Dillian White uh, fight against Robert Helenas. We'll break those down. And I'm going to sprinkle in Deontay Wilder's uh, resume so uh, all the naysayers uh, can uh, judge for themselves who's got a more impressive res resume and who's got the better wins over the better fighters. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, but in ten, until then... <laughs> Uh, I'll leave you guys with this. So just make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.